up, Lincoln? Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. Mike Schaefer will be with us shortly from 24-7 Sports. He informed me he is close via text. So he'll be here in studio shortly. Okay. Um, we mentioned this earlier. Had occasion to talk to Anthony Grant yesterday. Um, he's been on the number one running back line the last two practices. Okay. Anthony Grant. Yes. The transfer from New Mexico Military Institute's 23 years old. Uh, actually began his career at Florida State in 2018. Um, sat out a year. 2019 um, ended up at New Mexico Mil- Military Institute, now at Nebraska as a junior. He says, we'll see how it plays out. That, that you know, there's Brian Applewhite rotates those guys. But he said the last two days, I'm, it's, look, it's looked good. He's also uh, prominent in that kickoff return picture. In fact, um, he feels like he'll he could be number one on on that part of the depth chart when all is said and done. Um, kickoff return candidates. He's back there with Winemaster. You know, I don't know if you call that the up. I don't know what you call Winemaster's back there is more of a blocking sure. role. Absolutely, they want the ball to go to. Anthony Grant or Trey Palmer is in that category. Um, Tommy Hill, you know those names? I've heard of them, yeah. Alante Brown and Gabe Irvin. Those are the principles in the kickoff return discussion. I don't know the punt return discussion beyond Trey Palmer, I would guess, would be that guy. But I don't know who's – I imagine Alante Brown could be in that conversation maybe. But I don't know the punt return. I'm just – but I talked to Anthony Grant. Got any questions? Do you, yeah, I mean, does it sound like to you that that guys actually want that position this year? What position? Returner. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I, I don't. Why would you ask that question? <laughs> Did Nebraska have a guy that actually wanted to return punts last the last couple of years? I would think so. Yes. Or was it? Hey, we need somebody back here. No. Can you please do? this? No, Jake. That's a, I think that's an odd question. I, all well, due respect. Listen, we all never due saw respect. much return, did we? No, we, saw, we saw a lot of issues there. We saw fumbles. We, we saw muffs. We saw no gains. And guys want to win jobs. I want guys who are hungry for special teams. Okay. Not saying, yeah, I mean, I'll do Why it. Why don't you? No, I want on. someone saying, I'm what, Demorne Pearson now saying, don't punt to me. You know, you know that what kind this of discussion is because we've had it. A lot of times, what was the issue? Protection. Yes. Blocking. It wasn't necessarily the. I didn't. I never really thought this is on the return man as much as I did. This is on. This is on blocking. This is on protection, blocking. That's what I thought. It, it, yeah, it's blocking has been a, a horrible problem. Yeah, in special teams. Um, another thing I that struck me yesterday in talking to Luke Reimer, who's a junior inside linebacker. He played last year. The entirety of last year hurt, and those stories sort of in football. 
I don't, I don't know that we acknowledge him as much as we should. I know what you're going to say, or most people would say, and it's reasonable, by the way. Uh, who plays healthy in football? Guys, guys are mostly banged up. Yeah. I mean, as the season goes on, nobody's really healthy. But Reimer had, had a, you know, a, a groin issue going into last year. Reimer is a player I really admire because he was productive. 108 tackles, yeah, I mean, playing hurt. Luke Reimer's a stud. He's a great yeah. story, too. He's a yeah. walk-on, man. Yeah, he's a walk-on. You know what he never, never does? Never complains. Just does the job. Just does the job. You never heard him talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm hurting. Um, but, but his groin injury was bad enough that he had not one off-season surgeries. He had two. He, he had yeah. one right after the season, right after the Iowa game. And then he went down to Houston, and I think right before spring ball, and had another one. He had two. Now he's fine now, and b- both those inside linebackers are healthy. You know, he gets kind of lost in the in the conversation about guys who can get to the passer. We talk about O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb mm-hmm. Tanner, Caleb mm-hmm. Garrett Nelson. That's the dude. That's the bullet. I mean, oh, Luke, that's a great point. Luke Reimer was the guy that got to the quarterback faster than anybody when he, when he blitzed right. a quarterback. I mean, right. he gets there. He's fast. He's he fast. is a bullet. Yeah. We talk about three guys, and we don't mention the guy that's probably the fastest of all. Oh, I think you make if a great he gets point. A ch- if they call blitzes for him. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, Chenander calls blitzes. He'll dial them up, and yeah, that's what you do. Now, that's a great point, and, and, it, and it enhances that, that discussion we have about I think they're going to be a good pass rush team. I mean, and yeah, we don't, we don't even mention Reimer. Right. That dude is fast. Yeah, Reimer can get there. Um, and he's healthy. So I bet the speed will show more. He's not playing with a hernia or whatever, groin injury. Coach sucks to play with that. Yeah, that's what he's playing with. So, yeah, you have guys coming from the outside. You could have guys coming from the inside. I like that picture. Schaefer's here with a strange shirt on. Mike Schaefer um, is here with the shirt that says, It's a bad day to be a beer. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing, oh, nothing, nothing. It's strange that the that the that the Cleveland Guardians are what what are, what are they out of first place? Like two games? One, one. That's it. Yeah, one game out of first. One. I saw, I saw, Nobody I saw, wants to win the, the AL Twins Central. Twins are sinking that badly. I, I didn't even pay attention to that. The Twins struggled. Are, Don't worry, the Royals aren't. Uh, no, I know. I'm they're aware they're, they're terrible. They're Just as predicted when we sat at that first game and absolutely. you had that excitement, enthusiasm, and, and I tried two to and warn oh. you. Were they two and zero at coming. one point. Yeah, they were. They started the year two and zero, and then they finished then that Schaefer first series put, two and two. Shaper put out the curse of the Royals. We went down. They put his bad juju on them, and here we are, twenty five games no below five hundred. They're just bad at pitching. And his team is still in it. Yeah, you you wouldn't know it from the front office. They didn't do anything on the trade deadline, but uh, they're still in it. How are the crowds? <laughs> Not large. Not large. <laughs> Weird. I don't get it. Yeah, they got Jose still. They didn't yeah. trade him away yet. That's for seven more years, he can't go anywhere. That's so, good. Well, that's you fine. can root for him for a while. Then. Jose Ramirez. Jose, Jose Ramirez. Last names too. On well, he's a, he's a first name guy. Jose oh, in the Ramirez. Yeah. Best Jose. player. In the, he could be a best player in the majors, couldn't he? Uh, at times, he has been in his career. I mean, there's a stat where it's basically like him, Mookie Betts, and Mike Trout over the last six years or whatever for WAR, but. Uh, I would guess that he's been passed up by Juan Soto and others in recent years. He's still really good. New, new San Diego Padre, Juan Soto. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, they're you. loaded up. They're loaded up. I yeah, mean, they, they have four big bats. They got Machado. Line. They got Soto. They've got Bell. This got traded from the Nationals also there. And uh, who else am I missing out there? Well, they have Fernando Tatis when, when, he's, when, he's, when he's back. Yeah. yeah. They are loaded for sure. 
Uh, Mike Schaefer with Talk us. Talk football with 24 Schaefer. 7 Sports. 464 5685. Call or text as always. Uh, Schaefer, we are 23 days away from kickoff. I know. 23 days away. It frankly scares me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you scared about? I'm going to Dublin. Oh, that's what you're scared about? Did you watch a Sons of Anarchy episode or something when they uh-huh. go over there and Jax's oh. kid is stolen? They oh, have to boy. get him back. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah. That's a few years ago. Now. It was when I the show was a lot better. It was like the third season. Yeah. Then it, it, it really then kind of for me fell off a cliff. Sons of Anarchy just tried got so bizarre and sort yeah. of sort of inappropriate that it just yeah. it just I, I completely to, agree. The first couple seasons, though, loved the show. Yeah, it was, it was great. Fantastic. Then it just tried to keep topping itself. Right. And it became sort well, of a comedy. Like, you know, once evil can evil jump something, he's got to, you know, yeah. that's yeah. the disease of more. That's what I was looking for. The disease of more. So they were jumping mm. the Grand Canyon in a rocket. It just got ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It just, that's what, that's what watch, happened. Yeah. You're right. I didn't know that you used to watch that show. I did. I'm just like you. The first two, the first two seasons. Uh, the was, second one in particular is like its best. Yeah, I think it was it was must see TV, and then I just you just watch and go, okay, what are they doing today? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Who's are they cutting off three heads today? Yeah, right in front of you. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah crazy. Right. Uh, Schaefer, I asked this question to begin the show. I want to ask you this. Um, Nebraska in 2017, bad year for football, but that was a year that they did not really featured quarterback run for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. And this year, I mean, they can run the football with quarterback, but it's not going to be a vital part of the offense. Why do you feel like the offense will be better or different than it was in 2017 this year? Can you think back to 2017? I can get back to 2017. Can you think of personnel? Uh, well, that was a disaster of a year for a variety of reasons, but the one that we probably don't emphasize enough is that essentially by the halfway through their second game, they no longer had a running back the rest of the season. So that sort of changed. That hurt. Uh, well, and, I mean, they had guys who stepped in, but they went from Trey Bryant, who looked really good for about one and a half. He did. You know, games. He looked really good against Oregon. Yeah, and then you don't have him anymore. Now you have Mikhail Wilbon. Right, and uh, and developing Divine Igzo, Ozigbo. Yeah, developing. And then you Divine. had you had Jalen Bradley who played a, Bradley. quite a bit that season, uh, but there was nobody that was the same as Trey Bryant, and so. They were, I think, set to kind of rely on Trey Bryan a little bit, and it just God, it couldn't. You know, it's unfortunate because I think he would have been uh, pretty good. I, I really do. I, I think do there's too. a lot of excitement about him. But. He was a real running back. Yeah. He just had real bad knees. Yep, <laughs> which is a not great combination for those two things. So that kind of changed the the dynamic there, and they just never got a consistent running game after that. You mean, you had moments, Andy Janovich. Uh, Streaking to the end zone and against Wisconsin in 2017. That was and, amazing. Uh, you know, or no, that, I'm, I've got that, games. I've you're got right. Games that wasn't 2017. That was, that was 2015. Yeah. Uh, no, the they, they just they had like a variety of games where they were hanging around. Um, that 2017 Wisconsin one was they tied it on the Aaron Williams interception. Oh right? yeah. Right. And, yep. then, and then and what then, happened? then well, well and then there was a the horrendous no holding call on mm-hmm. a third down in the middle of the field where uh, if he's listening to the show. Luke Gifford gets absolutely tackled by the helmet from the Wisconsin right tackle. This was back when Nebraska wasn't getting any holding calls as a team, but uh, it allowed Alex Hornibook to throw a shaky pass over the middle for a completion. Okay. Hornibrook. And then they, they marched, Schaefer, they marched down the field yeah. with this, like, epic eight-minute drive. They did. But they yes. should have been off by about midfield, 
Um, and actually, weirdly, I don't know why the Wisconsin game for 2017 is in my head. Stanley Morgan had a monster game that day, I think. He did. Um, he, he had a ton of yards. Yeah. Nebraska struggled to get the ball in the end zone. They were able to move it all over Wisconsin's secondary, but they couldn't finish with Was touchdowns. this the game that Wisconsin just said, okay, uh, we're just well, going to start, we're gonna half, start, we're gonna start after, running yeah, After the, the pick six, tied it up, and yep. they said no more passing. Like, yeah, that was, was that Jonathan Taylor? You might forget yeah. this, but Alex Hornibook might be one of the worst quarterbacks you've ever seen in your life. I will tell you this. He won a bunch of games. I will tell you this. He looks like Ken Stable compared to Graham Mertz. Well... <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue that. Yeah, he does. Um, but, and Jonathan yeah. Taylor averaged 10 yards per yeah. carry on the button that night. On the on the button. No, they 10 just, yards per they carry. Just they yeah. just fed him. They just fed him. Anyway, so Jake's question is, why will it be different this year? And I say exactly what you said. They're better at running back this year. Well, you didn't say that, but I'm, well, I'm surmising. I don't know that. that Casey Thompson and Tanner Lee are – equivalent i mean no we, they're not we're acting like there's no quarterback design run game means that your quarterback is drew bledsoe and he can't move uh that's bledsoe not can't true move. yeah that's he's the stock answer of statue quarterback run um Damn, that's why he had as many sacks and concussions as he did in his hey, career schaefer's right casey's not tanner so nor is per no it's chuba I mean, those guys can at least move around a yeah. little bit, but you're you're taking the element of the quarterback, you know, designed run, the Nebraska's staple on third and seven of Adrian Martinez plowing into the the line looking for a crease somewhere. So that's gone. But I I think there's a way that you can utilize um, an offense where if you have a quarterback that makes pretty quick decisions. In theory, guys should be open somewhere on the field. You just have to be able to work through the progressions, which means your offensive line has to hold up and Casey Thompson has to make the right decisions. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a 38 points a game type offense, but can they get right around 30? Yeah, I think that's I think that's doable. I think in the Big Ten West, if you can score 28 points, four touchdowns, you're going to win most of your games. Yeah, but. Uh that's been an issue. Well, they need to get off to a good start. And speaking of that, I mean, Nebraska, Schaefer has not, under Scott Frost, won three games in a row ever. They've had a couple two-game win streaks. They've never won three in a row. The I think the expectation by most fans is they should win their first three games. Northwestern, if you get past that in Dublin, you get North Dakota and Georgia Southern. I'm curious, how optimistic are you that they finally get their first three-game win streak, and it is to begin the season, well, and what can it, that do for them? It it comes down to do you win that game against Northwestern? I mean, if if you don't win that, it's really hard to find a three-game winning streak on a schedule where if you don't yeah. beat Northwestern yeah. at the beginning of the year. Um, would not undersell – like, I, I think they're going to beat North Dakota. But the fans that go to that opening home game, that's going to be a rough game. I think people need to be prepared for that. North not Dakota. because North Dakota is great, but the schedule that presents of Nebraska yeah. getting back at 5 in the morning, yes. Lincoln time Sunday – after playing that game against Northwestern, oh boy. going to bed yeah. and then starting that afternoon with meetings and everything oh. else. Mm. Like, I, I don't look for the crispest game of all time against North oh, Dakota. That's rough scheduling. So, that's why teams take the week off after. Yeah, it's rough scheduling. But last year I was told that's an idiot idea. No one should take that off. Who told you that? Well, it was when the game wasn't being played overseas, so... They didn't have a – remember, they moved to, to week one, mm -hmm. and the whole thing is that they needed a runway of a schedule, and you don't remember this conversation. Fordham. Had, had Fordham yeah. in there. 
Nebraska's whole season would have changed if they weren't playing Fordham in week two or oh. week one or whatever it was. So, well, anyway, I get, I, I understand one thing. What you're saying, that's a, I mean, it's really hard to come yeah, back. Yeah, so I, you know, that that game in itself could be pretty ugly, uh, even if you expect Nebraska wins it, and I do. Um, and then you know, Georgia Southern's interesting, but that's a team Nebraska should be able to beat. These are all teams they should be able to beat. The last five years have told us Nebraska shouldn't be expected to do anything. And yet here we are talking about teams that they should be able to beat. Yeah, I've been calling for normalcy for a long time, it seems like. I just want some normalcy. And normalcy would be Winning beating Northwestern games. and then beating North Dakota and then beating Georgia Southern. That would feel something like normalcy. Yeah, I agree. I'm just begging for normalcy. And then play Oklahoma tough. And, and if you win, you Great. know, yeah, then, you know, you're, you're set up to have a good season. That's that's what the plan is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the season has everything on the line, and I'm curious for for you, Schaefer. I mean, so far in practice, you know, you know the quarterbacks have all looked good in the in the session that people saw. <laughs> well, it would be hard to look on, bad. It'd they were thrown on air in the middle bad. of the field in the the championship center. Are, are you? I'm going <laughs> to hold off on anointing any of them as uh, you know. It would be hard to look bad for, uh, for from what we saw. Right? Uh, yeah. For, from yeah. what you saw. Now, if they looked bad, it would have stood out. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. From what you saw and what you've heard, is there any chance anybody pushes Casey for the starting job? I don't think so, but a lot of my rationale stems from, and, and Steve was right there, when Mark Whipple talks, like it's, he talks in an assumed way that it's Casey Thompson's job. He, like does. It's, he does. It's hard for me to, you know, there's been this groundswell of, don't forget about Chubba. Right. And it's like, right. okay, well, I haven't. But every time the offensive coordinator talks, he talks about Casey Thompson in a way that's his assumed starting Well, and, and the way he talks about him is he always goes to the experience card. Right. That Casey has. Well, well and Casey then the has other, the other thing starts. He Casey was there the entire spring. I mean, one of the quotes that he had just the other day was about how, you know, some guys were at a different experience with the offense because they only had five practices that would be Chubba Purdy going through the spring so where he was at was a little bit slower than Casey when they were running their red zone stuff because yeah Thompson had more of it yeah. installed Thompson yeah. had more experience with it yeah Casey Thompson's going to be their quarterback barring injury against Northwestern mm -hmm. I, I feel like they don't have to come out and announce that anytime soon but that's that's where we're headed yeah and the the context clues have led us there the most of the way you seemed pretty excited on Twitter the other day regarding a potential comparison for Ramir Johnson. Oh, yeah. Well, I I like it because I think Ramir Johnson can be a really interesting player without having to be, um, you know, Dan Alexander or whoever we want to use as someone you think of that's just a true run between the tackles running back. I think Ramir Johnson offers them a lot of versatility. Uh, I thought the, the comparison to how they want to use him, not that he's the same player, but how they want to use him, would be Brian Westbrook, who had a great, you know, short career with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, a six-year stretch where he had at least 400 yards receiving and 40 receptions. Uh, if you're talking about 40 receptions for Ramir Johnson in, in 2022, you know, I think there's a really good chance he could have 1,000 yards from scrimmage. And it may not be a 1,000-yard running back as you sort of know it and what we've come to see around here, but if you can use that, and I use the Michigan game as an example where he was such a weapon for them out of the backfield uh, as a receiver. I, I just think that can be a very valuable thing. And maybe that opens up you. You use Anthony Grant more as your traditional running back. Yep. And yep. Ramir Johnson still gets eight to ten carries. And yep. it, 
you know, I like it. Five to seven catches. Here's I mean, why I like it because I don't. Th- I think they need somebody out to help the receiver core. Well, the the receiver core is not deep. No. It's not. Well, they, they have bodies. They got a lot of guys. But Sixteen. They, don't, they, they have don't, sixteen. Yeah. They Do you don't notice love though? What Do you know? You notice what happened? I bet you noticed. Because you were there in the spring when Mickey said, I'd like to narrow it down to nine. Yeah. You were there the other day when he said, I, I think I, I want to narrow it to six. Yeah. Um, six. Okay. You know, they get into he, that he might six feel is, like he only has yeah. six. Mm. All right. Now, that's why I like your Ramir take. Well, yeah. Because Ramir. Ramir it's a great take. Bol- <laughs> yeah, Ramir <laughs> bolsters the receiving core. And he worked this summer at slot. I mean, it worked him in practice. You know, their summer practices aren't really – they're pretty official nowadays, right? Well, this and, is, and he when, was in the slot when he was recruited. It was never expected that Ramir Johnson was going to be like a twenty-five carry running back. I right. mean, they recruited him with the idea of the whole duck R position, yeah, and getting him in space. And this is a guy that can play special teams for you. He can, you know, like he was recruited as an athlete that has the ability to be an offensive skill position player. It just doesn't have to be a set position. And I think. Again, I, I think there's a variety of ways that you can utilize him. And then Whipple loves him because he's great at protection. He's great. Like, he does all the little things that coaches right now. that coaches love. And that's why Ramir Johnson, I think he's going to be a big part of this team, oh, even if he's good. not the guy getting most of the carries. Me and Schaefer aren't always on the same page, but we are riding simultaneously on the page right now. <laughs> That that should I feel good about this? <laughs> that that's up to you to decide. That is, exa- I mean, the other thing we're leaving out about Ramir is he is a football player. Like he wants to be a yeah. football player. He wants to be good. You, you gotta like he's not a prima donna yeah. duck guy. You know, we've seen those come through here. I think he's a bit of a leader for that team too. I mean, I because his own way he's tough. Yeah. he goes out and he does it. I don't think he's a super vocal guy, but. You don't worry about Ramir Johnson if he's out there with you. You know you you're going to get his best effort. He shows up and plays hard. He's from Jersey. He he has that. Technically Jersey. from Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, same thing. Took a bus 45 minutes to go out to high school every day. Yeah. That type of kid, Jake. He's he's a tough, hard-nosed. What I liked about Mike is he's not a great inside runner, but he's a very willing inside yeah. runner. Like, he'll, he'll attack the middle. Well, that was the standout when he played against Oklahoma is – you saw those first few weeks where you had really tepid guys, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what they were doing in the line, and then all of a sudden Ramirez in there, Choo! it's like he's just hitting right wherever the hole's supposed to be. He's Boom. hitting that area, yeah, you know, the, exactly. He doesn't have; he's not so elusive that in the open field he's just going to make things happen. But he's going to get you what he can get you, yeah. and they haven't had enough running backs doing that recently. Right? What they what they need. He gets what's there. They need him to go to the level where he, he gets more than just what's well, there. We've talked about this endlessly. Scott Frost has been on a search to replace Maurice Washington for several years, and they just can't – they haven't been able to do it. Yeah, now Maurice couldn't run between the tackles, though. Sure, but what Maurice could do is he if was he talented. was in the open field, yeah. I mean, he was a threat yeah. to score every time yeah, he, he touched the ball. freaky talented. I mean, so – he, he was never a, a tr- he was never a traditional running back. No, he wasn't a running back. But you were using him, you know, in a way that you could really attack teams oh, yeah. like Wisconsin and others that couldn't oh, yeah. match that level of athleticism. All right. Speed on the outside. If you have any questions for Mike Schaefer, please call or text 464-5685. More next on early break on the ticket. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... 
<gasps> Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only. Single item at regular price. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow.